The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Your new or existing home is one of your most important assets, yet too many people rely on sites, shows, and tips from people who are not in the real estate business when making important decisions. It's time to get real and trust a professional. This is Real Real Estate Today with host Deb Tomorrow. In this series, you'll learn about making smart decisions when it comes to buying a home, selling a home, or even staying in the home you're in. Now, here is your host, Realtor Deb Tomorrow. Thanks for joining us on another great episode of Real Real Estate Today. I am your host, Deb Tomorrow, and we've got some great topics lined up for today's show. Uh, we're going to be talking about go. Oh, Cred, I guess is what I want to say. Oh, cred. Now I have an accepted offer on a house. What do I do? Um, but joining me on today's show is Karen Rastel. She is the best damn lender in the state of Indiana. Hello, everyone. How are you doing today, Karen? I'm fantastic for Excellent. a month. For a Tuesday. For a Tuesday. Yeah. Can you believe it's mid-September already? No, I cannot. Almost, I guess it is almost mid-September. It's crazy. Um, all right. Well, before we you know the first segment of the show, I always sort of you know get off topic for a while just because I can, because it's my show and I'm allowed to. So I have an off-topic subject for you. I always say, let's talk politics, and then I laugh, right? Exactly. No, we're not going to talk politics. But a few weeks ago, we were talking about what was the White House worth if you were to sell the White House? Oh, I remember that. Yes. Do you remember how much it was? No. Ninety million? Does that sound right? Uh, I think. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's it. Okay, you'll have to go back and listen to the podcast and see what I said on that. I think it was ninety million or something like that. Um, so that that's about as political as we get here. But um, I was doing some research on the internet and I came across an article uh, that got me thinking because a lot of people have said, maybe in jest, but maybe in complete seriousness, that. Uh, if fill in the blank wins the election, I think this goes for both ways, both sides, that they're going to move to Canada. Have you heard people say that? I have heard people say that. All right. So uh, I was doing a little bit of research because apparently Nova Scotia is taking advantage of that. Um, I they There's a graph in this article, and I think Rachel's going to post the article up on the Internet, but there is a graph that the day after the Super Tuesday, and I think each candidate, Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, each won seven states. So, again, I'm not stating a uh, preference one way or the other on this. But the day after Super Tuesday primaries, um, the searches for, quote, move to Canada, end quote, uh, spiked on Google to the highest level ever. And they have a graph and it's pretty stunning um, how high those levels went. So, um Certainly, I suppose, is an option. So this article is laying out, like, is this a good idea to move to Canada? And I thought it was some really very useful, helpful information. Um, Have you ever thought about moving to a foreign country? No, I have not. I've never even visited Canada. It's a nice country. I like Canadians. They're nice people. Okay. They're pretty laid back. But... They have some some pros and cons. Apparently, immigration can be very difficult and expensive. They've got lots of rules, and just marrying someone isn't necessarily the the way you're going to get it done. Um, 
there's a woman that they quote in this article who has a blog because she moved to Canada. She married a Canadian and she moved to Canada. And so it talks about all that is uh, it's expensive. Um, and you don't like I said, you don't automatically become a citizen if you just marry someone. You may still have to pay U.S. taxes, so it doesn't necessarily get you out of that either. Um, I thought this one was quite telling. Think about this, Karen. Would you move to Canada if there was no Target? No. I had forgotten <laughs> there's no Target in Canada. Not not a single, not even one location not in the farthest single, not corner. A, sorry, Canada. Okay. No Target. Yeah, no, they closed them. They shut them all down, 133 stores in 2015. And they'd only been open there for two years. Um, but they were wanting to refocus their all of our energy on strengthening and executing our plans in the U.S. There's also no Trader Joe's. Of course, we don't have a Trader Joe's here uh, where we are either. But um, So there's certainly some things. Now, there is a uh, Tim Hortons. I don't know what that is. That's like a Dunkin' Donuts, kind oh, of, I think. Okay. Yeah. It's a big thing up there. That's where the Canadians go to get their coffee. But no Target. So think about that. Uh, housing costs are high, right? Which we all know from HGTV. Exactly. Right? Because that house that we buy here for $150,000 is how much on HGTV? Probably double. No. Try 900000 Easy, mm. right? Crazy high prices. So, all those HGTV shows take place in Canada. If, if, the house, if the housing prices are higher, I wonder if the, the wages, like do people earn more? Right. You know, in comparison to what right. we earn here. I don't have that information in front of me. Hmm. Um, it does say that in unemployment, this may help answer your question. Unemployment in Canada is 7.2%. Here in the U.S., it's around 5 Okay. So they have higher unemployment there as well. Um, and then you also might have to learn some new words because they do talk different there. That is. <laughs> That's what the article says. And she says, this lady that was writing this blog, I thought this was interesting too. She says, um, so she's moved up to, I think, British Columbia maybe with her husband. She says, although there are plenty of pros about living in Canada like its natural beauty, giving up life in the U.S. has its drawbacks. She misses snarkiness. Apparently that's a U.S. thing. Oh. We're pretty good at that. So Yes, we are. Yeah. Uh, she misses the desert landscape. She misses the Pacific Coast Highway. She moved from, I think, uh, Seattle area. Uh, and she misses Target. I think I would I would struggle with Target because that's yeah. where I get a lot. I mean, I'm sure they have an alternative. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So anyways, so if all of those things make you think that moving to Canada is not the best option for you, uh, I have found another bit of research that gives some alternatives. So here are the top five countries to move to that are not Canada if you hate the election results, no matter which way they go. First one is Panama. I know some people who have family members who retired to Panama, but what's interesting is that for retirees, um, Panama has a, oh, I'm going to butcher this, pensionado visa, which gives you discounts on long lists of items, including movie tickets, restaurants, hotels, health care, utilities, and closing costs associated with real estate deals. See, I wouldn't. I, I would be so nervous to buy to buy in another country, and yeah. like not knowing their laws or, or anything. Like, how do I know I'm getting? We should do a show on that. Because you know, our deal. friend Crystal owns a house in Costa Rica. Yeah, I wonder if she'd come on and talk with us about buying a house in another country. That'd be very interesting be really to hear how that went. So Panama is an option. Uh, Belize is another option. I've been to Belize. It was hot. That's what I remember. Um, here's another option that I thought was really intriguing. Medellin, Colombia. When we were kids, what did we think of when you heard Colombia? 
Coffee? Okay. You That's what coffee. I was thinking coffee. <laughs> I was thinking cocaine, but, you know, same I, difference, right? No, I was a good girl. I grew up in a very clean. Mm, yeah, if that's what you need to believe. Um, who would have ever guessed that someday it would be Americans wanting to flee their internal politics and head to Colombia? Now, I know a lot of cruise ships now stop in Colombia, which they didn't before. So that was sort of my key. That I was like, oh, maybe it's safer than I think. Um, so, you know, uh, a lot of the, 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 the FARC is one of the, they're the, gorillas um, Mm -hmm. and they're negotiating for peace so the country has definitely moved on and it's certainly this article says you're like more likely to be a victim of violent crime in baltimore st louis detroit or new orleans than medellin columbia so they recommend um moving to columbia another one is tulum mexico i've been there that's lovely um and that's beautiful beaches and that sort of thing and then the last one which you've been to is uh, La Tarenas Dominican Republic I would totally move to the Dominican oh yeah this says that a couple can live comfortably in the Dominican for about $1,500 a month I could do that yeah Rachel's in too she's raising her hand however there's probably no target in the Dominican Republic there's probably not. Probably not. And there's also probably no, like, you know, one of the things you have to think about is, you know, what are the amenities that you need to have? Like, I always think there's no goodwill here. Yeah. I like my goodwill. I like to go thrift shopping or um, Domino's. Honestly, I think I would just need central air because of allergies. Yeah. And um, an in- indoor plumbing. Other than that, I would be totally down with whatever the Dominican had to offer me. I think I would need screens on my windows because I would be concerned about lizards and whatnot. If I woke up with a lizard like on my head, that would be bad news. Okay. So, so there's your bit of uh, suggestion, advice on how to deal with the election. That's about as political as we're going to get. We've got, I don't even know, six more weeks or so. At least. My mother was posting on Facebook the other day. I don't know where it came up with. I, I posted something. You know, my mom loves to comment. God help me. And uh, she was like, I can't stand this election stuff. I don't think it had anything to do with what I was posting. It was just sort of a random comment from her that the <laughs> elections were driving her crazy. And I was like, well, mom, then you just need to keep, like, every time you see an election post that bothers you, you just need to post a picture of a puppy. And that's how we're all going to get through this go. next six weeks. Um, she has a dog. She never takes pictures. So her dog's name is Shammy. I said, we need to go take some pictures of Shammy. I am so off topic right now. It's not even funny. Should we talk real estate or we can just keep talking about puppies? No, we can. Um, we should jump into. I'm just glad that you gave the listeners other options just besides Canada because it is the closest here to us in the United States. And don't get but- me wrong. I, I enjoy a good Canada. I, I've had some good experiences in Canada. I've had some good experiences with Canadian people. But, uh, you know. It does get cold there, too. Yeah. So that's something to to consider, right? I need to go where it's Okay. Well, we will look into the Dominican. So today is sort of a checklist show. We're going to try and write this checklist up and get it out there on the Facebook for you. But you may need to listen to this show twice. So I'm going to encourage you to bookmark it. Uh, It'll be on iTunes probably. Is that happening in a day or so after the show, probably? So download that off of iTunes or off the Voice America or off my website. This is a really good show. um, So we're focusing on buyers. So you've just got an accepted offer in a house, done all the exciting looking at houses and making decisions and negotiating and all that. Now what happens? Um, There tends to be a flurry of activity in the beginning, and then there's kind of this lull from the buyer perspective where there's a lot of people that are doing a lot of things in the background, and you're sitting, sitting around wondering what it is that you should be doing. 
I typically go, well, go pick some paint colors um, because there are some times throughout this process where you have to sort of put your faith that there are people doing what they need to be doing to get you to the end point. Um, how much, what happens during this process, it can be confusing, it can be overwhelming, it can be a mystery. Um, I know I often look back on the first time I bought a house and I have no idea how we got to the closing table. <laughs> you weren't really in real estate or, or lending when you bought your first house, no, right? I was not. So did you kind of have that same vibe, like, and I'm not really I, sure what's going on? Exactly. Yeah. Just taking um, the lead of my loan officer yeah. at the time. And how much this drives you crazy really kind of depends on how much you like to be in the know or in control and involved. And I don't mean a control freak at all, but some people are just like, eh, I'm going to trust it all works out. And some people want to know and want to understand each step along the way. We just had a mutual client not too long ago. Um, no, he was with a, a another Hallmark lender, but he came up with a spreadsheet like the day after we had the accepted offer, he sent the spreadsheet out to all the parties involved for their approval. Oh, the client did. Yes, the client did. Okay. Like here, here is, I understand it. Here are all the steps that are going to be happening over the next 30 days. Here's who's responsible for each step. Here's what needs to happen kind of thing. Like you really digest. He's an engineer. Okay. Does that shock you? No, that doesn't Not shock so much. me. But. Right. So um, I have clients that say, you know, tell me where and when I need to be there and, and they're there and they're fine. Um, but most people like to have at least a little bit of an understanding of what's going on some of these things are going to be things that you as the buyer personally need to do and some of these things are just things that are happening um, and that other people are doing that you may never even meet but we're going to go over all of those so you have a pretty good understanding and we're going to do that as soon as we come back from break so stick around you're listening to real real estate today your home for smart real estate The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to realrealestatetoday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit realrealestatetoday.com. Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood, though. So this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in each week for Monica Phillips and powerful conversations. This is a thought-provoking show for business people, leaders, and entrepreneurs. We'll feature today's thought leaders and industry trendsetters from across several locations and industries. Give yourself permission to be inspired and live a fulfilling life. Be sure to listen to Powerful Conversations live every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You 
are listening to Real Real Estate Today. To reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show, please send an email to Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. That's Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. Now, back to this week's program. All right, welcome back. You are listening to Real Real Estate Today. I am your host, Deb Tomorrow. I'm pretty sure I forgot to say that in the first segment. My mother would have a heart attack if I didn't say my name. No, I think you did. I think you didn't spell it. I didn't spell it. T-O-M-A-R-O, kind of like tomato, but with an R instead of a T. That's how I try to explain it to people, and it never really comes across. And then they always say, how do you say it if they see my name in writing? Tomorrow, tomorrow. And I say, it's like tomorrow. Like, not today, but tomorrow. (laughs) Have you ever tried to go pick up a pizza when your last name is tomorrow? And you say, I have a pizza for tomorrow. And they say, why are you? here today that is funny yeah it's funny but speaking of pizzas really quickly i ordered pizza when we had it was down a couple weeks ago Uh to do all this update ordered it what's the last name i said rascal so on the receipt it says rascal Rascal. like you are rascal you are okay i'll take it which is why when i go into restaurants now my name is anderson my name's Timberlake when I go inside. <laughs> That's an easy one, too. I should probably get more. All right, focus. All right, so today we are talking about what happens once you have an accepted offer and you're the buyer. What are the things you need to do and what are the things that are sort of automatically happening to get you to the closing table and get those keys in your hand? First thing you need to do when you have an accepted offer, your realtor calls you and says, congratulations, you have an accepted offer. Immediately, you hang your phone up, you go to your settings, and you delete your Zillow app off your phone. I'm serious. I don't have the apps, but I think that's fantastic. I'm totally serious. I tell it to my clients, delete it. Now, I want you to commit to the house. Um, That house deserves that. It deserves your, uh, uh, you know. Full attention. Full attention, exactly. Stop looking. Uh, Honestly, it makes the rest of the process more stressful if you're less committed. You know, I just had this with a client we closed um, last week, but they were looking at houses. They were kind of under the gun because they had an offer on their house that they were living in. So they had to move. They had to find a place. And they found a house, we made an offer, did some inspections. There were some issues. I was pretty confident we were going to get through the issues. They were sort of panicky, and then they started looking at other houses too, and it created all kinds of like confusion in their heads about, are we making the right decision? I don't know. And eventually, we got them back on board, got through all the inspection issues, but it, I think it created a little bit more stress than it needed to. So you stop looking at houses. Just stop. Easy enough. Number two uh, is to turn over the earnest money as the buyer. Um I don't know if we've ever talked about earnest money before on this show. I don't think we have. Okay, so earnest money, when you are a buyer, you offer some earnest money in your purchase agreement, in your contract that you put in front of the seller. shows the seller that you have some skin in the game. I don't know. I always use that metaphor, and people look at me like I'm crazy. Um, it shows that you're serious. It's kind of like a deposit. What happens is if you just disappear off the face of the earth or you decide to walk away from the house for no reason, good reason whatsoever, then the seller gets to keep your earnest money because they're basically taking their house off the market while you run through your financing inspection contingencies and any other contingencies you might have. Uh, An example of that, I had a client who was paying cash for a house, made an offer, put $5,000 in earnest money down. And two days later, she goes, I just, I don't feel it. I think this is a mistake. And I said, you're going to lose your earnest money because there's not a good, and she goes, I know. And she was, and she did. The seller got the $5,000 as penalty. Yikes. Um, on the other hand, another example is that I had a, a listing and the an agent brought an offer. There was no earnest money because the people were buying the house with no money down financing. They really didn't. They had good jobs and good credit, but they did not have good uh, savings in the bank. Zero uh, earnest money. 
the timeline for inspections came and went. We never heard from them. Called the agent. I was like, what's going on? He's like, I don't know. I can't find them. Oh, my gosh. Like, they just disappeared. disappeared. Stopped answering wow. phone calls. It, what, are they, what do they have to lose? Nothing. Wow. I mean, I don't know. Could we have sued them? Maybe. But probably not worth it. I've never it, you seen know? one without earnest money. Yeah. Yeah. That was the only one I've ever done. Um, earnest money can be anywhere from, you know, half a percent to a percent. Sometimes it can be even more. It's a negotiable item. Um, but my point in this, uh, we'll have to talk about earnest money in a little bit more depth another time. But um, in, in this so turning over earnest money, there's a timeline for that. In our state, it's two business days, two banking days. That money has to be deposited. It's turned over to the listing broker, and they deposit it into an escrow account, which means it just sits there waiting to be released before closing. Um, they're not playing the ponies with it. They're not you know, making money off it or anything like that. It just sits there. They have all kinds of laws and rules and regulations about um, what they can and can't do with that account. Are there lender rules about earnest money? I mean, every lender's a little bit different. I know here at Hallmark, um, it just depends on what loan program. So a lot of times um, we do need a copy of that earnest money check. Mm -hmm. Um, We put it in the file because they get that as a credit when it gets down to closing. Like it's already money they've put in. But then it just depends on did the the buyer, did the client write that check or Mm -hmm. did that earnest money come from someone else. So that was my question. So personal checks are okay for earnest money. Absolutely. A lot of people ask if we can take debit cards. Most brokerages don't have the ability to do that yet. I'm sure that's coming someday. Sure. A lot of people don't have checks anymore. But can it be a check from someone else? It's possible if the loan program that the person's doing allows for gift funds. So you need to have that conversation with your lender if you're going to do something outside of a personal check. Correct. Okay. Um, and that check's going to be deposited. That was another thing I had once, too. The check was deposited, and then it bounced. Oh, you mean Whoops. like the buyer thought that someone's physically going to hold it? Yes. Like in when we possession. say the listing broker holds that check in an escrow account, they're not physically holding that check. They're figuratively holding that check, meaning they're holding the money. So they're uh, putting depositing the money. So that check will get deposited. So um, don't let it bounce because uh, on the seller side, that is like, oh, that's not a good sign at all because that's the first interaction. That's the first deadline you have. So that's the first thing you need to do is you need to get that earnest money check to your realtor. Uh, then immediately, these are the things I tell my clients. What, what I do is when I have an accepted offer for a buyer, I send them an email right away. It says, okay, here's your next steps. Get me your earnest money if they haven't already left me the earnest money check. And then schedule your inspection because most offers have a, a pretty quick deadline for inspections. Around here, it's usually maybe 14 days. Uh, sometimes it's 18 days, somewhere in that range. And that involves scheduling the home inspector. And they can usually be five or six or seven days out because they're busy doing the home inspection, waiting a day or two to get the home inspection report back, reviewing the home inspection report, seeing if there's any major um, issues that you need to address. This is also, as I go through these steps, this is one place where you'll have money out of pocket. So that's an important thing as a buyer to understand too. There are a couple of times where you might have some money out of pocket before closing. Other than that, all the money that you need is going to be at closing. Um, Listen to episode, let's see, June 14th was the episode of this year, June 14th, 2020. 
What year is it? 2016. Thanks. Uh, I'm assuming we're going to be doing this show for a million years to come, so I should probably include yes. the uh, you know year. So June 14th, 2016, we did a great show on inspections. So if you want more detail on the inspection phase of things, um, but you'll be scheduling your inspection right. I mean, the day that you get accepted offer, you need to pick up those those phone that phone and uh, make that call. Lenders not involved in inspections. Nope. Yay. Yay. Yeah. Okay, but here is where the lender is involved. So these are the three things that I usually tell my clients up front in their initial email. Get, give me your earnest money, schedule your inspection, and get with your lender. Um, because you this is you usually have a certain number of days to formally start the loan process. Uh, you should have already been pre-qualified. I think we've talked about that. Um, so the ball is rolling slowly. Now that you have an accepted offer, you need to give that ball a kick. Uh, and one of the ways you do that is you get your lender a copy of the purchase agreement or that contract. And a lot of uh, realtors will do that for you, but sometimes you'll you do that too. Um, and then what happens once 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 I send you a copy of the purchase agreement? Then what happens? I have no idea. Then once I have the fully executed uh, contract, I update everything in my system because I am assuming I have already pre-approved this person. So everything is in the system except the address because that is a key piece to what is what determines an actual live loan application. So I put all that in there, I pull the current rates, and then I contact the buyer and say, okay, According to your purchase agreement, you have a closing date. Like we kind of go through things. I'm just confirming, and then I tell them what the current rates are. Would they like to lock in? That type of thing. Ideally, if they want to lock in, I do it right then and there. And then initial loan disclosures are sent to them within three business days. So once and they have to sign those. They do have to sign those because okay, that's what I had in my notes. Was then what happens, Karen? They have to sign things, right? Yes, they have to sign. <laughs> yes, a lot of it can be done electronically. Some people who want to do it in person, that's fine too. But yes, you have to get that, and that's really what starts the loan process when you have certain the certain pieces of those signed uh, disclosures signed then you can move it along, as I call like the conveyor belt of the mortgage process. It goes to the next person. And we're assuming at this point that they've already gotten you two years of tax returns, two months of bank uh, statements, paychecks, all that um, stuff. everything that Drive I license. would have asked for. Okay. Right. Because if not, then you'll be needing to get all of that stuff to It does stuff delay, to too. right. And you got to usually get your get, get moving quickly. Um, at this point, you can switch lenders unless you're contractually obligated to use a specific lender. But like I said before, you usually have a deadline in your contract. I usually write mine for three days after the offer is accepted that the buyer has you know, moved forward and committed to financing because I think that's a good reassurance to give the seller that you're not going to dilly-dally around and wait until the day before closing and then say, oh, crap, I need to go get a mortgage today um, that you understand it's a process it can take a long time and you want to get started on it so you know you don't you can change lenders but you should have already done your shopping around correct that's so you should Mm -hmm. know kind of what's going on so all right let's go to another break and then we will come back and keep going down our to-do list of what to do once you have an accepted offer you are listening to real real estate today your home for smart real estate we will be right back Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. 
Go to realrealestatetoday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit realrealestatetoday.com. Have you found the beauty inside of you? Join Bonnie Bonadeo each week for Beauty Inside and Out. We'll explain how beauty plays a part in everybody's lives. Our guests are makeup artists, hairdressers, and doctors. But we'll also feature holistic and wellness specialists and spiritual advisors. You can find that beauty inside and express it to its fullest on the outside. Tune in to Beauty Inside and Out every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. A wave of change is happening in our world now. A new feminine way of leadership is emerging. Yet this is not about women taking over. This rise of the feminine is helping men too. Join host Gina Lazenby, award-winning businesswoman, best-selling author, and speaker on feminine wisdom as she reports on the rise of the feminine with inspiring stories of women who are coming into their own and finding their unique purpose. Tune in and join this conversation in the rise of the feminine each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Real Real Estate Today. To reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show, please send an email to Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. That's Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. Now, back to this week's program. All right, welcome back. You are listening to Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. And today we are talking about, oh, crap, I have an accepted offer on a house. Now what do I do? Is crap a bad word? No, not in my house. Okay, because I say it a lot, and then I always, like, sort of, like, backpedal and go, is that a bad word? Not that, you know, obviously, this is internet. I can say whatever the hell I want, but, you know, my mother does listen sometimes. If my sister was listening, one of my sisters, Mm -hmm. that would be a bad word. Really? Yes. Okay. I know, we're polar opposites. Okay, we have to write down the name of which one it is, so in case I ever meet her, I don't say something bad. All right, so we are on step number five. Let's do a quick recap of what we already talked about. You are going to delete, once you have an accepted offer on a house, first thing you're going to do is delete the Zillow app off your phone. Then you're going to turn over the earnest money, schedule your inspection, and meet with your lender. At this point, I want to talk just a little bit more about that lender aspect of it. Uh, What I always tell my clients is do not make any sudden moves without consulting your lender. This means don't open a charge card to save 10% on Amazon when you're ordering a pair of shoes, right? I think that would be a great suggestion. Okay. What are uh, some other things that you should not be doing at all during this time period without consulting your lender? Uh, Don't consolidate any of your other debts. I mean, sometimes people say, I've got student loans, I'm going to consolidate that into, you know, it just, I mean, it leads to additional paperwork. So Mm -hmm. if you're wanting Mm -hmm. to be able to get all that to your lender, fantastic. And not lose your mind. Yeah, it's just easier to leave those things alone. I had one a few years ago where the um, borrower, you call them borrower, I call them buyer, uh, were getting gift funds. Mm -hmm. And so they thought they were on top of the game. 
and they went ahead and deposited those gift funds, but they didn't get any of the documentation in place and it ended up there was a lot of backpedaling and a lot of extra paperwork that was mm-hmm. generated because of that. So if you're getting gift funds for your purchase. If you're getting gift funds for your purchase, um, just depending on what your lender wants, but it's always, if it's a wire, that's easy to get documentation from your bank. But if it's a check or money order, cashier's check, you definitely want to make a copy of that. Um, the the gift has to be documented. It has to be shown coming into your account. Uh, certain loan programs, we have to show it coming out of the gifter's account. So I if mean, your parents are giving you money, and we have to have a letter from them notarized by their bank saying that that money was in their bank account for a mm-hmm. certain amount of time. Sometimes it's the full 30-day bank statement on the parents okay. or the gifter. So if you're if you're doing something like that, make sure that the lenders your lender's walking you through that. Another good example, don't quit your job. Oh, please don't quit your job. Please just tough it out until <laughs> yes. you close. The day after closing, do whatever you want. Even though a lot of times when this has happened, someone thinks, well, I'm going from an X dollar paying mm-hmm. job to a higher paying mm-hmm. job. And that's great mm-hmm. for you for income. But when it comes to your loan, some investors and loan programs, you may need 30 days on that job mm-hmm. or you need a first pay stub. So. Mm-hmm. Try try not to yeah. <laughs> switch jobs in the middle. Well, and we had an interesting one earlier this year, I think, where he didn't. He was working a part time job and a full time job, and he quit the full time job and went full time at the part time job. Yes, I so remember it wasn't that. like it was a job change because he's like, I'm still at the same place. He just had more hours, but because it was showing differently on the pay stub, we were all a little panicked about getting that yes. through. But miracle of miracles, best damn lender in the state of Indiana, Karen Rastel pulled it off. <laughs> It worked out. But it that was out. something. Yeah, I think one of the most heartbreaking uh, uh, situations I ever had was my client was, I had a seller, and they were leaving uh, for a conference, and so they were uh, about two days before closing going to sign all the paperwork since they were going to be out of town. They were literally in the car on the way to the title company when I got a call that their buyer had quit their job. Oh, my gosh. And um, and this is a pretty high-end house, um, and you know, he had another job lined up, but he wasn't going to start it for a couple of weeks. Yeah. And the whole deal fell apart. We actually went back on the market and ended up selling it to somebody completely different. It oh, was gosh. just, yeah. So now the, my funny story is I had a client who I drilled this into his head so much that I had scared him so bad. He just like barely wanted to buy groceries, you know, without consulting right. everybody. And he was like, he calls me one day and he's like, there's this motorcycle I want to buy. I was like, well, and he said, what well, is cash? I have the cash. It's not anything that I'm going to be using for the down payment. It's not, you know, it's just extra cash in an account over here. And I was like, okay, well, thank you for consulting with me. You have my permission. Yeah. Because it was cash. It wasn't involving getting credit or anything like that. But Most lenders should be definitely saying those type of things up front in regards to getting new credit or doing anything like that. But I have had buyers that will call me and say, I'm so, like, I just totaled my car mm-hmm. and I need a new vehicle. Like, right. Could I afford a payment? And ironically, it's those that do call, they're probably okay, debt-to-income ratio-wise, but um, it's just nice that they're actually heeding that advice that the lender's giving them or that I'm giving them at the time of the application. Right. Well, someday we'll take the time and I'll tell the story that you've heard a million times about the couple that went and leased a car and then they had to pay off the car lease in order to buy the house. Yes. But they didn't have enough money, so they took all the money that they had and went down to the casino and put it all on red. I'll tell you how that ends in another show. How's that for a cliffhanger? (laughs) All right, so don't make any sudden moves without consulting your lender. Next thing is that probably in this process, your inspection is actually going to happen. So you've already scheduled it. 
Now it's going to happen and you're going to negotiate any major items if there are any. Remember, you are buying a used home, so you can't expect the home to be new. And you're looking at the major for major systems that don't work or will kill you. Basically, that's sort of blunt, but that's basically what it is. Um, so remember this when you are negotiating up front. You're going to negotiate again. Uh, if there are needed repairs, you're going to negotiate those. You're going to ask the seller, and the seller can either accept your requests, they can reject them, or they can offer some sort of alternative. Um, so you may go back and forth a few times with that as well. Please don't leave town and not tell your realtor. I should have that on this list. Please don't leave town and not tell your realtor or your uh, lender. Well, whenever I am calling the the borrower to say, okay, have your accepted offer, it looks like your closing date is whatever. Yeah. Or will you be at closing? Yeah. Because that's the other thing. Like, it only takes one time where all of a sudden, like, you find out a week, not all of a sudden, but I find out late in the game because I didn't ask, but, oh, I'm going to be out of town for work or traveling, so they need a power of attorney or they need something like that, and that causes additional you know, right. work on our part, title company and everyone. Well, I've had some times where people have gone out of town and we're like, okay, but we have a deadline that we have to negotiate inspection responses and you're trying to hunt that person down. And, oh, trying to do that from uh, when they're on a cruise ship and don't have good connectivity. Yeah, I did one. They were on an Alaskan cruise, luckily. So anytime they were in port, then I could get a hold of them. But it was just like, oh, my gosh, this is so stressful because I'm under the gun to meet these deadlines to make sure that we, you know, meet these deadlines for responses and things. Um, One thing I just want to mention here, and and I'm sure we've talked about this in the inspection show. That was June 14th, 2016, if you want to download that on iTunes. Um, Be as specific as possible with your request so that you can stack the cards in your favor that you'll be satisfied with the repair. Because we're going to talk about one of the steps towards the end, doing a final a walkthrough and checking those repairs and making sure you're happy. So you want to be as, as specific as possible so that it gets fixed how you want it. And you don't want to be the day before closing and not happy with a repair and trying to scramble uh, to come up with a, a solution there. Um, once the inspection is done, so number seven on our list is this is, I think, a good time to get your insurance set up. At some point, if you don't do that, your lender will start to nag you about that, right? Um, probably so. I always tell my borrowers at the time at the time we have a live loan application and they are about to get the initial loan disclosures, I always say in the next 10 business days, you know, two weeks out, please at least obtain a quote because I prefer my loan files when it gets to underwriting to have everything in there Mm -hmm. and not just a arbitrary number that I've put in. There's an actual quote on this particular, you know, specific property. Okay. But uh, they don't really... When do they have to have that finalized? Um, For us, no later than 10 days prior to the loan closing. Okay. So I usually tell people once you get through inspections to to work on the insurance. That way they're sort of focusing on one thing at a time. But you do have a little bit of time to shop here. So this is where I always tell my Goodwill versus Macy story. We've already discussed in today's episode my affinity for Goodwill and thrift shopping. I do enjoy that. I'm quantity over quality in terms of clothing. But I used to always think I'm a Goodwill girl. So I have a lot of rental properties, a lot of real estate. Uh, Insurance is a very expensive cost for me. I always felt like I needed to go to one of these cut rate brokerages for me to be able to, uh, uh, you know, have the handle the cost because it's so expensive um and then i had acquired a new property and went to my cut rate agency and they were like hey it's thirteen hundred dollars and i was like whoa what's up with that most of my other properties are you know six hundred he said well you're too far from a fire hydrant 
we were out in the country and we're too far from a fire hydrant. So I was telling this to a friend of mine who happens to be a state farm agent. Her name's Mindy Rude. She's a really good state farm agent here in town. And um, she said, well, let me just quote your stuff. Let me just, let me just quote it. I'm like, no, no, I don't shop at Macy's. I shop at Goodwill. And State Farm's a big agency, and I thought, oh, they're kind of like, I'm going to sound like I'm doing a State Farm plug. Um, call up Jake from State Farm. Um, and she said, let me just shop it, because here's the thing. We're so big that we have an economy of scale. We don't penalize you for not being that close to a fire hydrant, because we just have a lot of policies. I was like, okay. So I had her quote it, and she came in at like, I don't know, $500 versus 1300 that's a huge savings. Okay, State Farm, you can have all my insurance now. So it certainly is worth shopping. You know, I know a lot of people just naturally go to um, wherever they have their car insurance, and that's cool. I certainly would start with that place. Um, but you know, I guess the moral of the story is don't make any assumptions about, you know, well, I have to go. I want to go to a cheap place because that's not, it's not necessarily what you think. Um, your lender will need the insurance agent to send them what's called the declaration page. Um, people get really confused about that, and you don't need to because, uh, trust me, your insurance agent knows what your lender needs. Yes. And they know <laughs> where to send it to, and they know. So don't stress about that. Just decide on your who your agent is and what policy you want. I think we'll see if we can get someone on here on the show soon to talk about insurance and some of the things you should look for in a policy because it's, it's hard to compare policies because they're often – have different things in them. It is, and especially if someone's obtaining a quote from online. So they've gone to an online um, insurance company, which I'm sure that they're fine and fantastic, but then um, they get that quote, and then they ask me as the lender, is this a good Is this a good uh, premium? I have no idea because I'm not <laughs> an insurance agent, but if you're, if you're cur- you know, curious, I would actually speak to a local person, mm-hmm. like, you don't have to be in person, but just do it on the phone. Actually, talk to someone, and so that they really know what your, you know, what kind of coverage you need, and and why you need this particular. And talk type. about the pros and cons of yes. the various levels of deductibles and things like that. So, yeah, that's certainly good information. Um, also, good to understand is that you do not need to pay for your insurance policy until closing. Um, that can come out included in your closing costs. So you don't need to pay for anything at that time either. You can, I guess, if you want to, but you don't have to. You can. And the one time that's ever happened to me, someone did that, and we had to document. <laughs> we had to get a paid receipt. Okay. Um, we had to get a copy of the canceled check. I mean, all of that. Okay. From so the, try not to. Just, from the just pay for it at closing, mm-hmm. uh, and it's taken care of. Um, next up is going to be the appraisal. So let's go ahead and do our final break, and then we'll come back and talk about appraisal and closing and wrap that up. You are listening to Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. We'll be right back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to realrealestatetoday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit realrealestatetoday.com. You count. 
Tune into Inner Revolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Beth Green and James Maynard, Inner Revolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Marijuana means different things to different people. To Eva Sativa, host of Everyday Cannabis, it means hope. Eva credits her life to cannabis, and today she's an advocate for patient rights, safe products, and community education. Each week, you'll learn about cannabis as a safe medicine and its role in cutting-edge research. We'll talk about legalization, bring you product reviews, and chat with the industry's best and brightest. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Variety. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Real Real Estate Today. To reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show, please send an email to Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. That's Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back. We are in our final segment. And so I have the one where, as we all know, if you're a common listener, I talk really, really fast because I'm trying to cram the rest of the information in. So we are talking about uh, what happens once you have an accepted offer. Uh, Next up in our process is the appraisal. Basically, what you need to know is that the appraisal will happen. You will be completely removed from that process, as will kind of the lender. The lender orders it, but nobody's allowed to talk to the appraiser. Correct. So, yes, that's what you need to know about that. But we need to make sure that that process is happening. So it certainly is a good thing to check in with your lender and say, has the appraisal been ordered? Is it back? If your lender has not already contacted you or sent a, yes. a loan status update. So when the appraisal comes back from the appraiser, then what happens? It's reviewed by an underwriter. Mm-hmm. Uh, could be a specific appraisal underwriter. And then um, the borrower does get a, a copy of it for their own records. Um, Do they have to sign something saying they've received that? No. No. Okay. No. I wasn't sure. There's different times you have to sign things. Okay. And so what we're looking for in the appraisal is to make sure that the value is there, that the house appraises for at least the purchase price, what you've agreed to pay for it, and that there aren't any conditions. So the appraiser hasn't said, hey, there's a broken window that's got to be fixed before closing. One of the things I'll say real quick about appraisal is don't expect the value to be crazy high. Um, The appraiser does have that purchase agreement in front of them. They know what number they need to hit. And I think they tend to just kind of hit the number and then call it a day. So, you know, even... What? What's I laugh because I mean it does seem they to do. appear that way, but they do. That way. They do okay. have their own set of regulations that they do have to follow. So I'm not saying they they're bad people. <laughs> I know, but they have to justify how they came up with that number with right. the comparables and a certain radius from the subject property right. and all of that. Right. So we'll talk about appraisals another day. Um, so. Also, during this time period, the lender is doing other mysterious things that I probably can't explain to you because there's a person, supposedly, that's called an underwriter. I've never seen an underwriter in my entire life ever. I think they're imaginary. However, everything lies with them. Yes, the underwriter is the person who does verify everything in that loan file to make sure it meets the guidelines of the loan program that that borrower is doing. (laughs) Typically, by the time the appraisal comes in, at least at my company, your file has already gone through an initial underwrite, and it's just waiting on the um, 
appraisal. And again, these are things that are sort of happening in the background that you're not involved in. Another thing happening in the background is title insurance and a title company, and people don't really know what that's all about either. We should have someone from a title company on sometime. That would be interesting too. Um, Title company does two things. One, they search the title and make sure it's free and clear that nobody else has any claim to the property. You're not going to get a knock on your door in the middle of the night with someone that says, this was my great-grandpappy's property and I have claim to this and you need to get out of the house. They ensure that that, uh, if anything came up that they missed that you be insured against any out-of-pocket expenses is really important to have. But the other thing they do, and I always give this example, is that they're a neutral third party in this hostage situation that we're in, right? So the sellers have the house and you have the money and there needs to be an exchange in which one happens first. Um, I have a colleague who has some clients who always um, hesitate sending money like wiring money to the title company before closing because they don't have the house yet they don't have the deed yet i don't want to send the money i don't have the deed well that's why we have the title company i say it's like that scene in the movie the hangover have you seen the hangover karen i have seen you know the movie that where they've got the eighty thousand dollars in the satchel and they're trying to get dug back and they've got to go out to the desert for the hostage exchange and they don't know what to do and they're like flash your lights and they get out of the car and they're like you know what do you do if you throw them the money they could take the money shoot doug and run off, right? Correct. Right. But they're not going to give you Doug without seeing the money. Right. Or right. they could give you the wrong Doug right. and still take your money. Exactly. <laughs> so had they had a title company involved, the title company would be that neutral third party where they would give the Doug to the title company and they'd give the money to the title company and the title company would make sure that it's the right Doug and the right amount of money disperse as needed and everybody goes on their happy way. Exactly. Does that make sense? Yeah, it sure does. All right. That's my analogy and I'm sticking with it. Almost as good as, what was that one analogy I used one time? Cereal. Cereal. It's almost as good as a cereal analogy. We'll have to look that one up again. That's a, that, That'll be good for a replay. All right, so the title company is doing their thing in the background. You are not involved in that at all as the buyer either, except that at closing you will show up at the title company to sign paperwork because that's that neutral third party uh, involved. Um, probably at some point, at this about a week or two out from closing, you're going to want to schedule your utilities to get turned on. Um, and then probably your next um, checkpoint is going to be about three or four days before closing when you're going to need to sign some disclosures for your lender. Yes, you're going to have, um, by law, you are required to receive a closing disclosure no later than three business days before your closing. And it may require a signature. It can be done electronically if you've given your e-consent or it may it, it may need to be, you know, what's called a wet signature, actually a handwritten signature. But if you don't sign that when immediately when those are sent to you, then we are not closing on time. If you don't sign them, let's say they get sent on the third business day mm-hmm. and you don't sign it until, I don't know, one o'clock in the morning, but it's really the next day or, you know, two days before closing, mm-hmm. your closing's delayed. You have to wait three business days. That's not a phone call I want to get. Right. So be at the ready for that. Um, And then a day or two before closing, you're going to get the final figure on how much money you need for closing. Um, And if it's more than $10,000, you have to wire that. You wire it to the title company. That's in Indiana. Yeah. yeah. We don't know what the other. No, it's a federal law. Is it? $10,000 is a federal law. Yeah. Okay. Because the good funds law that I always send out. Is it state? It says I'm state pretty sure it's federal it. law. Okay. I could be wrong. Um, and then if it's less than $10,000, you can bring a cashier's check that's made out to the title company again, because remember, all the monies are funneling through the neutral third party title company so they can make sure that we have the right Doug uh, sent to us. So personal checks, cash, money orders, small children are not allowed as payment. Uh, so it's <laughs> got to be that wire or that, that cashier's check. Um 
Let's see. And then right before closing, you want to do a final walkthrough of the house. And this can sometimes be a day or two before. It can be immediately right before the closing. Um, but it's a really good idea. I had a closing once. I was I had the seller. Um, and the owner had passed away. Family was out of state. It was a condo. Um, nobody was really, you know, checking on it. And they closed. And then the day after closing, the buyer or the day of right after closing, the buyer went over to the property. And they said there had been a fire in a neighboring unit. And this unit, which was sold fully furnished, was completely smoke damaged. Oh, my God. Really, really badly. Well, we got into this big thing because they didn't do a final walkthrough. If they'd done a final walkthrough, we would have put a stop to the closing, gotten the seller's insurance company involved. But at this point, the seller's insurance company was like, we don't know when the fire was. We don't know when that happened. It wasn't, you don't own the house anymore. And it turned into a whole big uncomfortable situation. So even if you think nothing's changed with the house, tree could have fallen on the roof. Any number of things could have happened. So check in, you know, do that final walkthrough. That's really important. Take the time to do that. Um, and then the closing happens. It usually takes about an hour. My tip on that is if you are a reader, which means if you're an engineer or an attorney, we have a lot of those around here, engineers, um, ask for the paperwork ahead of time and read it because at that point you can't change anything but if you have questions and you want to understand it that's fine but there's a lot of paperwork um, and I want to encourage people to read it but um, it's probably best to do that on your own time with a nice glass of wine or something and then also at that time you are uh, if if you get possession at closing you get your keys if possession is sometime after closing then that's discussed and finalized as to how you're going to get the keys in the future so in general I want to say that you know, as a buyer, I think you should take initiative and feel free to contact your realtor or lender. I'm sure Karen would feel the same way. Um, there are times when we are doing a lot of things in the background um, and we may forget to contact the buyer or the borrower and say, here's what's going on because we know that right. things are going fine. Right. <laughs> you only hear from us if things are going bad. But if you have concerns, I certainly always welcome my clients, and I know, Karen, you do too, Absolutely. to just check in with me and say, do I need to be doing anything right now? And that's usually when I say, nope, just go pick some paint colors. We're doing what we need to do on our end, and it'll all kind of magically happen in the background. Yep. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for the info. I think we made it. Whew. I do want to get this written out uh, as a checklist for people because I think it's helpful. And I want to encourage you to listen to this, or download this episode and keep it handy. If you're in this point in your transaction, you might listen to it a couple of times just in the car or whatever. If you have any questions about it, feel free to contact me. My email is deb at realrealestatetoday.com. Or you can message me on Facebook, which a lot of people are doing. And I love that too. Um, be sure to check out the Facebook page where we're going to have a lot of great links um, that have to do with this show and have great links all the time. Uh, we will be back next week for another awesome episode. So uh, tune in again. Thanks for listening. This is Deb and you've been listening to Real Real Estate Today. I forgot what it's called. Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. Thank you for tuning in to Real Real Estate Today. Please join your host, Deb Tomorrow, for another edition every Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until next week, take care of your home. It's one of your most important assets.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.